Hey, what's going on, everyone? Happy Saturday. We are at the official halfway checkpoint of this Ship 30 cohort, which is absolutely unreal as I think about it, uh, that we're already halfway done. Halfway there, Crazy. not halfway done. Halfway there to our first, for what's a, a long, lifelong journey of riding on the internet. So yeah. I always love this kind of day 15 check-in. We're designing it to kind of take a pause, take a break, no new frameworks today. We're gonna recap what we've done. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, what we're, what the next two weeks are look like, gonna look like, what we're gonna learn, pick up. So gonna be a good one. Drop in the chat, what's your number one goal for the next two weeks? We're two weeks in, you've probably got 10 to 15 data points at this point. What are you gonna do what's, the next? What's yours, Dickie? My goal for the next two weeks is to, I have, I've written probably seven things so far. So I haven't written every day. I haven't published every day, but I'm, my, my output's pretty good. I've written every day, years off to a good start. I want nice. to, I want to explore one topic or one piece in each of the topics I plan on writing about this year. So if anyone hmm. saw my pinned post in circle of my endless idea generator session that I kind of showed you how I used it. Uh, I want to publish one thing in each area by the end to kind of get uh, some data points internally, right? How to feel, how to, I think that's the goal of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I just, you know, this was actually the first month I just crossed uh, 10 million views in one month on Twitter, 10 million. Wow. So my goal is to double that in the next uh, next month. So I gotta I gotta write more threads. Goal is to keep the streak going. What do we got? Yeah, I mean it's wild to, when you really see the scale of impressions that Twitter can do. Oh, it's not. Keep on shipping. Get writing published locked in. Cole, can you turn it down a smidge? Yeah. I don't know. I, this is a party. It's Saturday. We we'll go a little bit louder on Saturdays. Yeah, we we pulled we pulled the yacht off the side of the island, you know. Yeah, right. This is this is our checkpoint. Any other goals? Any other goals? Keep editing. Keep shipping. Keep solidifying topics. Awesome. All right, cool. Let's kick it off. Let's do it. Happy Saturday, everybody. Great. Okay, so a couple quick logistics. Since we're at day 15, you can now unlock your day 15 shipped badge, whether you get there today, whether you get there by the end, doesn't matter. So first of all, make sure you claimed your day seven badge. Uh, but once you have that, you can claim your day 15 ship badge. We love seeing those, celebrating those wins as they come in. So that post is live in circle. So to claim your badge that's in circle, just respond with your seventh or 15th post and uh, we'll, we'll throw that badge on you. And then we sent an email yesterday with the halfway check-in survey, super valuable information for us to hear what your goals are, what you're currently thinking about, maybe anything you're struggling with, make sure we give you the best content in the last two weeks here. So that also has you do a little bit of reflection. So we've had pretty good, uh, pretty good response rate on those so far. So keep that up, really helpful for us. Get, your chance to give us feedback on ways we can improve things we can add things we can remove all of that so we as I always say we're always in beta we're iterating and improving on all these things uh every single time so that's very helpful and then next live call is on tuesday um which is twitter threads 101 my favorite session it's a crash course we're going to give you everything you need to know to write them effectively 
And we'll explain today a little bit why we wait to do that in the second week. Um, now that you have the fundamentals learned. So that's it on logistics. Other than that, the normal stuff, make sure you're opting in for partner matching. If you want one-on-ones, rapid fire shipper intros, we're seeing those spike back up this weekend too, as people kind of clear their calendars. So um, lots of stuff for you to dig into and as always keep it up. Cool. I didn't miss anything. No, if, if you can, you know, anyone who can uh, make it to the Twitter threads live session. I mean, that, that honestly is like a course in itself. Um, it's, it's everything you need to know. Uh, if you can't make it, obviously uh, the replay, if you can watch that, but yeah, we cram a lot in there. So if you can make it, we'd love to have you. Some of the top shippers for week two, congrats. I mean, we love to see it. It's, it's always worth celebrating that consistency. Um, it's not easy as I'm sure, you know, all of you are experiencing, uh, writing even for three days in a row is an accomplishment, let alone 15, let alone 30. So, um, congrats to all the top shippers. Really, really incredible. Here they are always fun to celebrate. Um, and also too, if you are, if you, if you find yourself on this list, you know, it's, it becomes very meta when you write online. Like it, it's almost a, a virtuous cycle where the better you get at something, then you can share with other people how you're doing the thing that you're doing. So if you have been consistent, that's a great topic to dig into. You should write about how you've been able to be consistent because clearly you've been able to do something that other people have struggled to do. So we just love iterating that. You know, it's very helpful for people. So and. People are asking how that is calculated. It's a mix of writing every day. It's a mix of who's claimed their badges. It's a mix of circle engagement and a little bit of everything. So this is all taken from there if you're wondering how it's calculated. So to get up here, it's all about just continuing to write, continuing to engage on Twitter and in the circle community, answering the survey, all those things kind of go into these these uh, these scores. Yeah. And some, some of these shout outs, we love just, again, they're very archetypal. Um, you know, Pablo finally shipped his first essay, you know, I mean, Hey, however you get there, right. Even if you're not able to write every day for 30 days, our hope with ship 30 is that it really introduces you to the habit of continuing to show up over and over again. Um, I miss days, Vicky misses days. We all miss days. That's, it's not about having a perfect record. It's about if and when you do miss, show up the next day and do it again. So congrats, Pablo, for finally getting there. We'd love to see it. Um, this is another This is another great one where it, this happens more than most people realize is, you know, I was tired. I was overwhelmed. I felt like I was going to take the day off. I was talking myself out of it. And then, you know what, at the last minute I decided to hit publish and then boom, you unlock some massive outcome. Um, congrats, Ada. Absolutely incredible. I love sharing that story with other people too. L- literally the most popular thing I've ever written on the internet. I've never written anything that's gotten more views in the shorter amount of time than a Quora answer I wrote in 15 minutes on a day I didn't want to write in 2015. I wrote it, went to the went to the train. By the time I got home, it was on the front page of Reddit and had almost a million views. You never know. You just, you never know. So hit publish, get it done. You never know. Um, This was really cool too. Kayla 
uh, seeing uh, an atomic essay not just get shared on Twitter, but then also uh, shared on Medium as well, and kind of showing how when you write online, even though it's probably going to mostly stay in the ecosystem that you're writing about, very often there's also circumstances where they trickle. You know, like I see this with my writing all the time. I'll write something on Twitter that someone then goes and shares on LinkedIn or they share on Instagram or they share on Medium. So part of the benefit of building that library is the bigger it gets, the easier it is for people to take something that they love and go, I'm going to share this on a different platform. So um, all of these wins are things that, again, they're not singular to any one individual. These are things that we see over and over and over again. Um this is another great one too. You know, we talk a lot about how when you start writing and you commit to the discipline of writing, you see that spill over into other areas of your life. And here, you know, Ren was sharing, eh, I wasn't so happy with, you know, how my business is going, but hey, I feel really good about the fact that I've been writing consistently. It's kind of a weird human nature thing where when you have some sort of routine, you know, if, if you go to the gym every morning or you meditate every morning or you journal every morning or you write atomic essays every day, you know, something about having that daily practice, whatever it is, reframes everything else in your life. And even when something goes wrong, you're like, ah, well, at least I've still got my writing practice, you know, or at least I've still got my, my, my health routine. So I just, this is such a cool thing to point out. It's, it's a big byproduct of when you commit to something, you see it spill over into other areas of your life, which is great. And then this too, you know, anytime you get stuck, we have so many of these resources. Um, if you're struggling with headlines, you've got things uh, for you. If you're struggling with formatting, um, you can always go back and watch the replays. Uh, in the membership, we also have more and more resources. So if there's any one aspect of digital writing you want to dig into, it's there for you. Um, but we really, we really try hard to give you everything that you need so that anytime you are faced with a question, you have the resource there. Cool. Oh. So just as, just to set the context here for everyone, you know, the first 15 days of ship 30 are really about experimentation. You know, we do a lot of groundwork. Um, it's all about building your daily writing habit. You've launched your social blog, kind of understand how those flywheels work that we, that we talk about. You've hopefully moved out of the mentality of, I need to go build my own website and do all this other work. That's not what matters, right? We've kind of helped reorient the thinking. You've learned the puzzle pieces, you know, what, how do you actually create something on the internet? What are the rules for headlines? What are the rules for formatting? Um, and most importantly, experimenting with lots of different topics. That's really what we encourage in the first 15 days is, try things. Don't feel like you have to get married to anything. Just try them. Um, and then obviously, hopefully you've met some uh, interesting and fun people in the community. You've connected with a couple other shippers. Uh, you've gotten a sense of kind of some of the things that happen as you start writing online. The second half of Ship 30, the, the next 15 days are then going to be way more about, okay, you've done all this stuff. Now, how, what do you do with it? You know, we have, we have this saying, you can't steer a stationary ship. Okay. Well, weeks one and two were, you got your ship out of the Harbor. Congrats. You're in the open water. Now the next 15 days you go, now, where do I want to go? Right. Which Island do I want to sail to? What, what are we doing here? And in order to do that, 
what we're going to do is we're going to show you how to dig into your analytics. And this is something that is it. It's again, it's another one of those zero to one moments. Once someone points it out to you, you can't unsee it. You can't unring the bell. And we're going to show you how instead of sitting at your desk overthinking, what's the thing I should write? Or what am I going to be known for? Or what's my niche? You know, all you have to do is keep going through the process, looking at the analytics, we'll show you what to pay attention to. And then the patterns reveal themselves. And all of a sudden you're going to go through it and you're going to go, oh, I didn't notice that every time I write about this topic, readers love it. Every time I write about this topic, readers don't engage, right? You have the answer. So we're going to show you how to pay attention to that. And that isn't a, you do it once sort of thing. That's a, once you learn how to do it, you do it over and over and over again. I do that every couple of weeks. Dickie does that every couple of weeks. Sometimes we do that on a daily basis. We're like, hey, I just wrote a couple different things, which one performed the best, right? So we're going to show you how to, this is how to fish, okay? And, and we're going to show you how to do that. And ideally, the goal is over the next 15 days, by the time that you complete Ship 30, you're going to have some clarity around at least what niche you can call your own right now. It might not be your niche forever. It might only be something that you experiment with for another month but that's okay. We're going to help you gain clarity around whatever it is now. And then that'll allow you to continue to steer forward. So Dick, you feel like I missed anything? I think it, you put it perfectly in the whole making noise and listening for signal that we try to compress the entire year of writing online down into 30 days at the halfway point, you've made a bunch of noise. Now let's dig into some of that signal, which is going to be looking at our analytics, thinking a little bit critically, what is it you're trying to say and who are you writing for and being more intentional with that, with the pieces you've already done. So this part is the, you, you've explored, explored, explored. Now let's hone in a little bit and be more intentional. I think intentionality is a good word for the last two weeks of the, uh, of ship 30. So we're going to today kind of take a break from introducing anything new one of the things we see in the survey is like, I love everything you're throwing at us, but it's a lot. And we know that. So we designed this day 15 to kind of take a pause, take a break, think about what we've done, answer any questions, um, and then keep the momentum going in the last two weeks. Yeah. So this, basically how we're going to structure this is we've covered a couple different things so far. Um, we've gone through ideation with the endless idea generator. We've gone through headlines you know, kind of how to think about that mini sales pitch to your reader. We've gone through formatting. What should it look like, right? We've gone through rhythms, ways that you can alternate single sentences with paragraphs to keep the reader engaged. And then we've also covered hooks, like little techniques that you can use to hook people's attention over and over again. So what we're going to do is just kind of, we'll go through each one, um, just recap it real quick. And then questions on that you know, so that way we don't have questions like on every possible topic. We'll just keep questions to each one of these and then let, you know, let us know what you're struggling with or what you would like more clarification on. And we also have the digital writing Q and A's that Cole and I've recorded. We recorded the first one. We're going to record the second week's uh, tonight or tomorrow, and then we'll distribute both of those as well. So those are kind of broad based questions that don't have to do necessarily with just our frameworks, but just kind of how the game works in general. And we've answered those. We've got YouTube videos um, with kind of clips for each one. So if you have those questions, you'll, you'll get answers. Yep.
So first big one, endless idea generator. You know, So we walked through this. The easiest way to do it is from left to right. You first think about what's the topic. Generally, what do I want to write about? And the very first thing is getting more specific. So instead of saying, I want to write about money, right? What's a more specific version? I want to write about investing money. What's a more specific version? I want to write about investing money in your early 20s, right? So the more specific you can get with the topic, then the easier it is to understand the credibility, right? Are you actually an expert on this? Are you going to curate experts? Or are you just speaking from personal opinion? Hey, this is what I experienced, right? Once you have that, then you go down the four A's. Is this actionable, analytical, aspirational, or anthropological? And then once you've decided on that, then you pick an approach, right? So am I explaining how to do something? Am I reflecting on lessons learned? Am I sharing mistakes I made? Am I curating quotes, right? So it's just a way of organizing. So just as a pause has also too, you know, if you've been using the endless idea generator and you've been loving it, drop that in the chat too. Would love to know how that's going. Who has successfully used it and who is still struggling with it a little bit. We can dig into why one for the people who it is working for. Like for me, if you haven't read my pin post, it's in the uh, circle channel under Dickie and Cole deep dives. I showed my entire journal and notebook and everything of how I use the endless idea gen- generator to create, I think it was 112 content ideas in an hour. So that's there. I think it's very helpful sometimes to see it from other people, but let's see the reaction here. Struggling a little bit, struggling, struggling, didn't successfully use it until you saw my walkthrough. So that is, if you're struggling, Daniel, maybe you drop that in the chat, just the link to my, uh, my post, because we can do a better job showing you exactly how we use it, because all it takes sometimes is that little bit of a, a, a switch flipped uh, to see it in action, and then you can reverse engineer that process for yourself. So I think if you're struggling, the number one thing you can do is to start with the two-year test and really think critically about what are the topics you've learned and problems you've solved in the last two years. That is your feeding ground to come up with things to write about. If you just answer that question, you should be able to list a lot of things, right? Because it goes every area of your life. You've solved financial problems. You've solved health problems. You've solved productivity problems, relationship problems. You've solved business problems. All of those things that the goal of the two-year test is to figure out all of the stuff that is now painfully obvious to you that didn't used to be. And it's hard to kind of break into that. It's hard to recall that everything you're doing today, you used to not know how to do. And the whole beauty of writing on the internet is that you can distill that lesson for your two years ago self. Mm -hmm. You know, going through ship 30 is a great example of this, right? Because who you were before ship 30 and who you are and going to be after you're a different person, right? So if you take an experience like that and you run it through the endless idea generator, what's the topic? How I built a daily writing habit. Super specific, right? What's the credibility? I just did it, right? That's my credibility. I just did it. What, which of the four paths? And I'm going to teach you how to do it too, actionable. Or I'm going to explain to you why 
the investment I made in myself here was worth it, analytical or aspirational. Here were the things I struggled with. And here's how I can motivate you to do the same, right? And then prove an approach. Is this a how-to? It should be in steps. Is it lessons learned? You're going to list out lessons. Is it mistakes you made? You're going to list out mistakes, right? So you can see how it, the, the two-year test is a great, I mean, it could be two years, it could be two months, it could be 30 days. You just want to think of what's something that you went through. And then you're just answering the questions in the endless idea generator. And once you do that, then you, you have a totally different level of clarity as to what you're writing about and why. And it, all, all it's meant to do is just to give you options, potential things. And then you just, one by one, you take the long view and say, I'm going to write about this today. I'm going to go about this tomorrow. And you just take it one day at a time. The most important part of the EIG is the very last step, which I, I so if you haven't read, this will all make more sense once you've read my deep dive, but picking three days and going and just saying, here's my next three days of content. Because- where I think some people struggle is they get in the analysis paralysis of, oh, I have all these ideas now, which is a great problem to have, but then it's which one do I pick? How do I pick? Where do I sort them? How do I keep track? Like you just create problems that you don't necessarily have. Pick three because this goes back to something Cole says all the time. The more you write, the more you write. So every single time you put something out there, it's going to lead to a hundred new ideas. And I mm -hmm. felt that this week, like I, I put something out, I put on Twitter of my endless idea generator process that helped a lot of people as well. And the signal from that was some people just want writing examples for me. How do I go about my daily routine on this stuff? People, that's my new data point. I could send that back through the endless idea generator as my topic, right? And come up with a hundred things about my personal writing process. So you see how all it takes is one little bit of clarity from this to emerge. And then you send it back through the top and you have months to go from there. Yeah. And Laura, <clears throat> Laura asked a great question in the chat, um, said, I find this hard because I already write for a niche audience, freelance social media managers. So I find it hard to broaden that. This is, this is the, the mental flip that is so difficult is your goal is actually not to broaden that. Your goal is to drill down into it. Your goal is to get more and more and more specific. So already, if you take something as niche as freelance social media managers, you can make that even more niche. Freelance social media managers by industry, right? Managing social media for fintech companies versus bakeries versus grocery chains versus, right? So you can niche down by audience. You can niche down by different platforms managing on Facebook's different managing than Instagram, different than TikTok, different than Twitter, right? You can niche down based on problem. I have a budget. I don't have a budget, right? I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, right? So the goal actually isn't how do I get more broad? The goal is use this as a forcing function to go, what is the more specific thing that I need to answer? And each one of those things that I just kind of listed out are a hundred topics within them, right? Like where's the ultimate guide to launching your first ad on Instagram? That's a whole thing, right? What's the, where's the ultimate guide on retargeting on Facebook? That's a whole guide, right? Is you don't want to go broad. You want to go more and more specific. Age, demographic, background, perspective, 
struggle, location, experience level, all of those are incremental levers of specificity you can pull. And I say, get to where you feel like you're uncomfortably specific, add one more, and then you're there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any specific questions on the EIG before we move on? If so, we did have done a deep dive on this and this is signal for me that once people go read that, I think it'll make a lot more sense. Just reverse engineer how I used it. And then for the other frameworks that we have questions on, I think Cole, we should do a deep dive on how we use headlines, how we go about formatting our exact way of doing that, because it's clearly helpful. There's like a, you either have read it or you haven't. And for the people that have, it's like, oh, I saw the light and the, Everyone else is like, I'm still a little bit here. So mm -hmm. it's a good signal for us. Yeah. Anything else? Cool. All right. Let's go to All the right. next one. Let's keep going. So headlines. So this is the easiest framework for thinking about headlines is for who, so that. You know, as long as, long as you're really answering that, your, your headline's doing some work. So, you know, some examples, recipes for who, so that investing tips for who, so that, right. So one of the things that, um, we hear after we do the, the headline, um, live session is it's really hard to think in this more long-term way. You know, you're so used to the single word headline or the clever headline, but that's kind of the point, you know, the point is to try and get all that clarity inside that top piece. And then over time, you know, that's step one is just getting to a point of, I know what I'm saying and I know the value exchange that I'm asking of the reader. Step two is then going, how do I make it shorter? Right? So don't, don't feel like you need to do both at the same time. There's, it's really two separate learnings, you know? So what are, what are some questions that people have in terms of headlines? You notice that if there are things that you're getting caught up on, are you, so I, let's start with, are you actively thinking about your headline of now relative to when you were in the beginning? Is it now no longer just a bow on top and you've recognized the importance of it and how it's really the, the start and not the finish? I think once you recognize that your headline is where it all begins and not where it ends, it's yes. really where it begins, you write, and then it's also where it ends once you start to tweak it based on what you've said, more conscious of it trying to gets overwhelming, more conscious of it. Fiction writing can't be too long. That's always it. That's always the other side. So my thing with headlines is it's all about reps. It's mm -hmm. all about seeing them, writing them, thinking about them, recognizing them in the wild when they're working. It's a, it's one of the skills that it's easy to see what works, but it's not easy to implement, mm -hmm. right? It's very easy to see a headline that says, oh, wow, that was good, but it's more, far more difficult to reverse engineer. So let me see if, if we have any kind of specific ideas here. Do you generate headlines? So this, I think, is the best question. Do you generate headlines before or after? I always start with it because- before. It's only when you have a clear headline that you know what you're writing about, right? It's not the, when you should use the signal of I'm struggling to write a headline here with, I'm actually not sure what it is I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't put a headline on something, 
the reader is surely not going to be able to do it, right? Yeah. If you have to understand your piece and what you're saying and your point and your conclude, like what you're trying to get the reader to do and think about, uh, very clearly, if you're if it's going to come across in your writing, mm-hmm. right? So I always start with the headline because that becomes boom. It's the lens. You know, I have my five questions. It's who who am I writing for? What problem am I solving? What emotion am I generating? What benefit am I unlocking? And what action am I encouraging? So that I answer that before I write anything. And I'll recap that more slowly. I just can't remember unless I say it really quickly because that's kind of the, the way I go about it. There's there's a great signal to where, and, and this is something I actively pay attention to in my own writing, where if you're trying to write a headline and it's really hard, it's like really, really hard to fit what you're trying to say in a headline. That usually is a signal that what you're trying to say, either you're trying to do too much or you don't have clarity around what it is. Versus when you are able to write a headline that is so simple, that is, for me, that's always the signal where I'm like, oh, this is about to be a banger. Like this, this thread's about to go crazy viral. This piece is about to resonate with everybody because there's something about when you can say it in 10 words, that means the thousand words are going to be really valuable. And if you can't say it in 10 words, you're not going to be able to say it in a thousand words. So it's, it's a weird duality there. Yeah. I mean, I, the thread I wrote this week had basically the easiest intro tweet I've ever written because it was exactly what it did. It was how to generate a hundred ideas to write about, even if you've tried everything, or even if you think you have nothing to say, like it was a very, it just wrote itself because that was the exact problem I was solving. It's, I don't care who you are, what you've done, what you think you've written about, this is going to get you there. So it's a, a perfect signal when you, the headline snaps you right away to, to jump on it. And I, just as a, you know, Dickie, you said it, which is a really important reminder where it's all about reps. I have, I have a notes, you know, on uh, the iPhone, there's the notes app, right? And I have a notes uh, folder where all I do is write down headlines. 99% of them I never use ever. I just, it's part of the problem, right? Eventually you have too many things to write about, but I constantly am thinking in headlines because I want to practice that, right? I want to get better at thinking in that. So I'm, oh, I'm constantly writing headlines down in there. For context, I've been doing that for probably seven years now. So I've, I've probably written north of 2000 headlines inside that notes folder, right? Probably way more. And so it's important to, to remember that each one of these things is a skill, right? Like at a certain point, I had to realize I'm bad at headlines. I need to work on headlines, right? So don't beat yourself up for going, ah, I'm, not, I'm not getting this right away, right? This is a skill where you have to train yourself to think in headlines. How do I get the reader to understand the value of what I'm communicating in a second? That's a skill, Right. So we're just teaching you how to build the skill. Yeah. Headlines are, it's a skill. You need reps. It's going to get easier and going to get better. It's not something you can rush. This was a a tactical question, but should you use numbers or spell the word out if it's under 10? This was like legacy writing 101 of 
if it's under 10, you got to not use a number. And once you break that, you recognize like, why was I ever not using the number? The number is so much more enticing. It's more engaging. Like your eye sees about, it. Your faster. eye sees it and you go, right, exactly. You recognize numbers far faster than, than you do words. So, yeah. And this, just as a real quick question here, uh, Stefan, what if, what if you're not writing a how-to or I'm here to tell you, but rather inviting engagement by asking open-ended questions? Again, that's okay, but the reader needs to know why, why is asking that question important? You know, just a question in the headline. Sometimes, maybe, you know, but it's more effective if you can find a way to ask the question and tease the, and here's what you get when you answer the question. You know, like if your headlines, you know, should you start a business uh, in college? This entrepreneur did, and it unlocked a massive outcome, right? The second half of that headline is what makes it more interesting. But if you just have the first half, which is like, should you start a business in college? You're like, maybe, I don't know. You know, you have to complete the loop there. And, and, we there like writers pull these examples all the time. We talked about this with Paul Graham. You know, it's like it's very easy to point to writers who use clever headlines or don't do some of these things. But I love Dickie's question of how much more effective would they have been if they Is had it, used these techniques? Because of or despite, right? Despite right. the fact that they haven't been clear or used actionable headlines, right? They've had all this success. So imagine if they put all these techniques into practice. Yeah. And the big, and just as a final takeaway, the biggest thing that we want you to take from this is that there are no rules. Okay. We're giving you like, if you do this, you will probably be more effective, but the real conclusion is try and discover on your own. You know, it, the real mental break is there are no rules to writing. Zero, period. We all created it as a, as a human society, right? So if you can accomplish your goal of telling the reader who this is for, why it matters to them, and why they should trust you, how you get there is your choice, right? We're just telling you that's the direction to think in. So I just, especially like when I see questions that are very, very tactical, you know, should it be eight words or 12 words? You know, should I capitalize every letter or shouldn't I, right? It doesn't really matter. Those, those are really nitpicky, ticky tacky things, right? What matters is, are you communicating the value to the reader? And if you are, then you've succeeded. You know, Reddit proves this to a T. You go read the right Reddit post and it could, it could be written in like half English with a gazillion grammar mistakes, but if it's telling you which stock to buy early, that's going to make you a million dollars. You will read the entire thing, right? Grammar doesn't matter. Spelling doesn't matter. Punctuation doesn't matter. Nothing matters except the value of what you're extracting. Okay. So just, I, I want to point that out that the little ticky tacky rules are not what make a difference in your writing. Yeah. And, and the, headlines deserve their own entire course so we have an entire course in in the membership that we'll talk about a little bit later but it's a well it's one of those things it's what you can grasp like the high level 
but you could spend a month just learning about the most effective ways to do it. So don't be in a rush. There's plenty more that you can learn, but learn the fundamentals and then just keep putting in the reps. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is the other big thing here is formatting. So again, it's a zero to one, you know, once you see it, you can unsee it. Um, drop in the chat. Is this something that you're now doing more consciously from a visual perspective? You know, when you sit down to write, are you thinking about how it's presented visually? Are you thinking about it like a product, right? Like, oh, I got to wrap, I got to wrap this. It's like the Apple box, you know, you use the suction Apple box, you pull it off. It's the most gratifying feeling ever, right? That's, that's what you want your reader to feel like they open it and they're like, wow, there's clean subheads and there's bulleted lists and there's single sentence alternating with multi-sense paragraphs. And it's like, it feels like you're unwrapping a product, right? I've seen a lot of people need to watch the replay. Yeah. Make sure that was a good one. I think formatting is a formatting is the quickest one you can upgrade. It's not something you need a, a month long study. Yeah. It's, here are the best practices, make it skimmable, make it easy to latch onto, focus on getting your reader down the page. That's it. Yeah. Right. There's no, you don't need to overthink formatting. Formatting is like a, when, when there's headlines that there's a million different things you can do formatting, I would say they're kind of our rules, right? Make it easy, get your reader to eat one chip make it skimmable. Like all those things, you, it's kind of a checklist, right? You can apply that to each piece. And once you have that in your toolkit, you can apply it everywhere. Yeah. This is great. Aaron, it's been helping me with my emails in addition to essays. My team has commented that my email is more clear. That's right. The formatting is a life hack. It's a total life hack. I write, I write emails like to my parents using formatting techniques now, you know, where I'm like, dad, I want to make sure that this saves you some time. Right. So it's one of those things where once you learn it, it's everywhere. You see it in Slack messages, you see it in your email, you see it in Reddit posts, you see it in Twitter threads. And if for whatever reason you're struggling with this, um, one, same thing uh, in the membership, we have a whole mini course, hundred percent dedicated to formatting. And second is um, the templates inside TypeShare. There's tons of templates for you to play with. And if you open just a couple, you will notice that they all use like the same five, six, seven blocks. And all you're really doing is you're just stacking blocks. You're just, once you learn what they look like, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. So this is the easiest 10X to make to your writing. Once you do it, your writing's forever changed. And for any freelance writers or ghostwriters or anyone here that is uh, that does that type of work. Formatting is, it is the easiest way to make a client happy. It's one of those things where the moment they open it, they're like, I didn't even read a single word, but it looks great. Right. Just cause you formatted it well. So worth taking the time. Cool. I think that's good on formatting. Formatting is an easy one. We, we break it down pretty well in the, in the last uh, call. Cool. One three one. Who's been playing with one three one? Drop drop it in the chat. Who's who who has seen it in the past week? Right? Who's tried it? It's game changer, right? I think this this 
it, it's it's a lifestyle. It's, a- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. You 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 just write differently. I don't know what it is, but it works. It works. It's magic. Someone magic. Said Been doing the, it nonstop. Uh, I saw, I saw that it was Jack Dorsey's tweet using one three one. Yeah. Jack Dorsey had a tweet that used one three one, and someone was like, "Look at this! They must have taken trip 30. I was like, "Yeah, we need Jack in here, right?" Yeah. And by the way, there's once you learn one three one, it's this is the start to so many combinations. Yeah. You know, this is stuff I, I've I've put in my book. We've we have tons of resources around it too. I mean, you uh, remember always expand the middle one five one. You know, or if you're going to expand it more, you can go up and down a curve. So one, two, five, two, one, right? But there's something magical about starting and ending with one. Is it's the bookends. It makes mm-hmm. the reader feel like they've reached this checkpoint. So anytime that you're trying to expand, yeah, stick the landing. That's exactly right. You know, it's like you take the reader on this journey and then boom, they're like, oh, you stuck it. The, the opposite, what you don't ever want is you do not want similar or same numbers back to back to back. So like three, 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 terrible. Two, 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 terrible, right? Because the reader, when they read that, it, it sounds monotone. It sounds like the same thing over and over and over again. So you always want to be thinking in curves, down, up, down, up, down, up. One three one. <laughs> Stick the landing. Yeah. One three one slacks, emails, essays, Twitter threads, tweets, text messages, whatever it is, works perfectly. Start using it, start playing around with it. Really take it and extrapolate. I think Cole, you put it perfectly. It's start to think about the rhythm of your writing. Right. How am I am I just putting words down into blocky paragraphs or am I writing music? Right. Something that is pleasurable to read it feels it flows you're just slipping down the page right think a little bit more critically about the way your writing is rhythmed and cadenced because it goes a long way and that's and that's exactly right where what things like 131 do is they it's like auto musicality mm-hmm. right it's like if if you're still working on how do i make my writing more musical using techniques like this basically just guarantee that it's musical for you, right? And over time, you can play with your own rhythms and you can create your own things. But I, I mean, if you read something that's one, three, one versus something that's just five sentences in a paragraph, you read it differently. You hear it differently, right? So think of this technique as a, I automatically applied musicality to my writing. Boom, I'm done. And then over time, that's something you can keep improving on. All right. Last one, the hooks. So these are, you can use these in headlines. You can use these in that first sentence. You can use them as a first sentence to different sections, right? But these hooks are really important because what they really are is their ways of tapping into reader psychology, right? What, what do readers find interesting? So strong declarative sentences, you know, think if you're at a dinner party and you hear someone say something with like total conviction, you're inherently probably going to lean toward that conversation and be like, I want to see where this is going. Right. So strong declarative sentences, 
thought-provoking questions, controversial opinions, that moment in time technique we talked about in 1942 or four years ago today, you know, a vulnerable statement or weird unique or weird unique insights. So drop in the chat, are these things that uh, who's experimented with this since we since we presented it? Is there one that you've tried? Um, yeah, Mike mo, uh, used a moment in time two days ago and suddenly had 10 times more impressions. Yeah, not, not surprised. Honestly, the moment in time opener is really, really effective. And once, once you see these things, you start scrolling through Twitter, start scrolling through other social media, and you notice how many of them, they're completely different topics, but they're using the same hook, right? They're both moment in times. They're both vulnerable statements. They're both thought-provoking questions. So yeah, these can be headlines. They can be opening sentences. Um, they can be opening sentences in different sections. You know, you can use these hooks over and over again. Yeah. Quote of sentence, moment in time. I'm a moment in time guy. That's always mine. So example of each uh, is in the replay of the last session. You can check that slide out. Yeah. What else? What no, else? you can totally repeat hooks. It's a great question. You can repeat hooks all day long. I mean, this is this is part of what we're going to go over in the next two weeks about looking at your analytics. When you find something that works, do it again and again and again and again. I just, I, I have an example I'll, I'll share in uh, the next live session, but I took one of my most viral threads, literally copied like the same exact lead in hook tweet changed like three words did it again went viral again right is like once you see something that works you want to keep doing it that's that's the whole idea it's like why why do all of mr beast's youtube videos all all kind of look and feel the same now because over time he's refined his hooks he knows what hooks work does it over and over again Awesome. All right. What other questions do we have? We got some time here. You know, we answered a lot of these in our, in the ones we recorded and will, if you drop in circle on the, uh, the AMAs where we will, we're recording a little bit more thoughtful answers or a little bit longer, but we have some time here. Um, if you want to ask any questions, they can be writing related. They can be whatever, three shots here for 10 minutes of, of anything you guys want to know about our process, anything we do, any ideas for the next two weeks you have, just go ahead and throw them in. So a couple, couple questions on uh, posting to Twitter via TypeShare. We are just waiting to get unflagged. With, we got our answer. Uh, everything's fine. We're just waiting to get unflagged. Should be fixed in a few days, but we'll let everyone know. Yeah, TypeShare, the TLDR is we basically went from almost zero to one of the most popular publishing apps on Twitter. It raised a red flag on, are people using this? What is this thing? And Twitter has a very slow process for reapproving APIs. So we are limited by Twitter right now with our API of posting. And we're in touch with some pretty high ups at Twitter. And we're like, hey, we're bringing writers to your platform. And they say, this is great. Now we will get you unstuck, but 
their process for doing that is not easy. So everyone that's been on TypeShare, we have some goodies for you for kind of dealing with the ups and downs of it that we'll be rolling out here the second we're back online. Um, so thanks for sticking with us. Uh, it's all going to be worth it once this thing, it, it's better this happened now versus in the future with everyone far more reliant on it. And so it, it was good to get out of the way early. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Any other good questions here? Um, there, this question, do you outline what you're going to write about? And if so, where in type in TypeShare and a notebook, um, Daniel, maybe you can find it on my YouTube channel. Can you pull that video of how to write an atomic essay in 15 minutes or something? Basically an easy way of outlining is we, I think we talked about this framework of prepping the page, right? You have a working headline and then you just kind of list out what are the main points. Those are your subheads. And even something takes five minutes, even something as simple as that gives you the ability to color in the lines as opposed to feeling like, you know, oh, I got to start with a completely blank page. So I would check that video out if you're struggling with that. Yeah. The, um, the very first question we recorded a AMA answer to that we'll send a replay around tonight or tomorrow is Twitter threads for atomic essays. So we cleared that one up in the video. So you have to go and watch. Um, atomic essays to LinkedIn also in the pipeline, but we don't have the most experience with LinkedIn right now. We're going to go learn the platform and it's where Shift30 is going next. Um, just the sneak peek, but we are, I, I think the best way would just be start, try it, repost, right? Try it as text, try it as an atomic essay. It's something you can test. So it, it's more of just a do it and see how it works versus um, kind of planning on it. But yeah, yeah, I would say go for it. Yeah, a lot of these questions are things that we're going to cover in the next two sessions. You know, things mm -hmm. around data. How do you know what topics to double down on? Things about republishing. You know, how do you take the same content and publish it across multiple platforms? We're going to cover all of that, um, mostly just seeing what questions people have on things that we've talked about so far. Yeah, maybe if you've done stuff on LinkedIn, make a, a interest group in Circle for anyone who wants to write on LinkedIn. And we can kind of investigate that too. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see if we have some good ones. Yeah, now your that, top three. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, someone just said it's helpful to see your approach to key to headlines. Um, so I, I can definitely do one as well. Um, if that's helpful for people going through and using the endless idea generator, kind of see how we think about it. Yeah. Yeah. We should just, we're going to put some more deep dives and start to just churn out more examples because the frameworks sometimes make sense perfectly to us. But again, back to the, what, where were we on the two-year test when we saw some of these frameworks for the first time and how we can better uh, communicate them. Yeah, this is, this is a good one. Um, Zachary, should I be literally filling in sentences to fit the templates or how do I balance experimentation with, within them? Um, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why they're structured that way is, is especially if you're just starting out is really making it just a plug and play. And the idea is, you know, this is another, uh, thing I've soaked up from Craig, another great copywriter, Craig Clemens is what he used to do is he would take um, really high performing sales scripts and he would rewrite them manually so that he could feel what it felt like to write 
a sales script that had done, you know, done millions and millions of dollars in sales, right? So in a sense, that's kind of what the template is intended to do. It's intended for you to plug and play so that you can start to feel what it feels like to write within these uh, constraints. And as you soak that up, then of course, break the template, go and make it your own. But for the time being, use it as a way to learn. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, the questions that I ask myself. So every time I sit down to write, I have a template. It's what problem am I solving? Who has that problem? What's the benefit of solving that problem? What emotion am I trying to generate during this piece? And what action am I encouraging the reader to take at the end or by the end? And so that gives me immense clarity on who I'm writing for, what I'm writing about, what action I want them to take. And I can just, I have crystal clear clarity. Those are my pinpoint writing questions. Once I have those, I, I just basically talk out loud. Like mm -hmm. I, I know exactly what needs to be said. So uh, it's what problem am I solving? Whose problem am I solving? So what problem, whose problem? There we go. Perfect, it's in the chat. What problem, whose problem? the benefit of solving it, the emotion I'm going to generate to get them to do it, and then what action. So this is a little bit copywriting specific, but at the end of the day, everything you're writing is copywriting. And yeah. once you recognize that, it it will change the way that you go about putting things out there. Hope that was helpful. Um, yeah. What do I eat or drink before my morning sacred hours? Just coffee, straight coffee. <laughs> I'm a machine for the first X hours of the day until until I eat lunch. Uh, what else? Dun, dun, dun. Every time I get you know, a big name following me, changes the way I perceive my writing. I don't think it should. I think they followed you for a reason. So you know, don't feel like you have to change anything just because they have more followers. Yeah. Um, Mike, is there a graphic that includes all the frameworks? Um, the best resources on our blog, we have that the ultimate guide to start writing online. That's where we basically kind of recap all the different frameworks. So if you ever want to go back and refer to that, that's an easy one. Best medium to hold all your work, definitely type share, um, especially once it's back up and running. Yeah, that's the thing about your library is the medium itself. I a lot of people disagree with me on this, but hey, hasn't failed me for 12 years now. The medium is not really what matters. It, whether it lives on TypeShare or Medium or Quora or your own website, right? It, that's not really what matters. What matters is two things. One, that you know where all of it is. Right. If, if you're super organized and you have a folder on your computer with duplicates of everything you've ever written organized for the past 10 years, fine. As long as you know where your library is and you can take that content wherever you want to take it, that's fine. And second is having it in a platform that then you can use as a flywheel to leverage in other platforms. That's why we're building TypeShare, because none of these other platforms do that. Right? If you're on Medium, you got to be on Medium. If you're on Twitter, you got to be on Twitter. If you're on Instagram, you got to be on Instagram. If you're on Facebook, you got to be on Facebook. Right? Why we're building TypeShare is you have a home that also connects to all of these places 
so that you can use it as a flywheel to generate more and more attention for your home, right? Your blog doesn't do that. Your website doesn't do that, right? So that's the whole idea. So we encourage you to use TypeShare because we're building something that has never existed before. It's the thing I've wanted for 10 years. There's a lot of value in that. But at the same time, all that really matters is that it's your content. You can do whatever you want with it. Medium doesn't own it. TypeShare doesn't own it. Quora doesn't own it, right? It's yours. Mm, what else? Anyone put a charter diagram? Um, not yet. Working on it. Working on it. Can you monetize TypeShare? Yes, that is soon enough. We will have paid collections that you can have to unlock to get access to as, as a writer. So you can easily more or less write 10 essays that are hyper-specific and sell them right on TypeShare. So yep. just like you would on Gumroad or whatever. Um, what tools do I use? So I think PKM is the biggest uh, procrastination exercise in the world. Um, I've been on that train before. I think it convinces you that you need something more than just the ideas in your head to really go start writing. Like I say, Ben Franklin and pretty much every book you've ever written did not have an elaborate notion or Rome set up to control everything that they've done. So uh, that's kind of my take. And it's really been something I've realized over the last year is like for, for about six months, I thought I had to have the perfect note-taking system to start writing. We lost Dickie to the ether. Yeah, the, the, the short answer is you don't need it. You know, I mean, if it's helpful for you, you can but go you really for just it, need but... to. It. Oh, sorry. Oh, Look, Dickie, you're I, back. I, looks like I cut out there. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, there we go. But you don't. Yeah, you don't need it. It's and, you know, this kind of speaks to the content diet question. Um, this is something I, I share all the time. Reading does not make you a better writer. Writing makes you a better writer. And every time I tweet that, it, it's like a guaranteed 50 comments of people who go, you're wrong. But here's the thing. All the people that say you're wrong aren't writing, right? So, so the people who disagree with that are the same ones who are reading way more than they are writing. And they're not, they're not writing, right? So if you're not writing, how can you say... <laughs> That reading makes you a better writer. You're not doing it, right? So obviously reading helps, right? Reading is a good thing. Reading gives you more context. It gives you more information to play with. But the only way to get better as a writer is to write, right? No one who wants to get better at hockey goes, I'm going to go watch hockey. You got to go play hockey, right? You don't watch boxing to get better at boxing. You go box, right? So it's, it's one of those don't work like the whole content diet productivity machine. I just, I am not, I, I that's, that's not the Kool-Aid. It's not going to move you forward. My, my system is I keep a long list of ideas now. And my second brain is Twitter advanced search to go look at things I've already written. Like the number of times I just go from me and I look up, Oh, I think I've written about that somewhere. Here it is. Boom. Like, I've, I've spent the last year using Rome and things like that. And they just, it, it felt like 
all I was doing was trying to find a system for a problem I didn't really have. Like I knew what to say and I knew what to write about. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the best way I've heard this put is forgetting is a feature of the human brain and not a bug. Yes. And so you're actually supposed to only recognize certain things and that the high quality ideas will resonate with you and you'll remember them versus thinking, oh, it's, I think, I, I can't remember who I heard say, but it's, if you're operating from, I need to say this that, and just have this all, you're kind of pretending that you don't know what needs to be done and said already, which for the most part, you probably do. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just kind of my take. That's how I feel because I've, I've been on that. I've been on that train before of thinking like, Oh, once I have this perfect note-taking system, then my, my writing is going to 10 X. It's going to be a hundred times better. I'm going to think clearly. And all it really did was make me stressed out and confused. And so I stopped. Yeah. And never right. felt better. The, the biggest unlock I, I've had in the past couple of years around writing is that writing is like doing a puzzle. You ever do a puzzle? Doing a puzzle means you sit at the table and what's the first thing you do? You dump all the pieces onto the table, right? No one, no one does a puzzle by going, here's the box and I'm going to just take out two pieces, right? You would never do that. You go, here's all the pieces. And so it really doesn't matter if it's in Notion, if it's in Evernote, if it's in some productivity app, it's in the notes on your phone, if it's on a piece of paper, if it's in a Google doc, it doesn't really matter. Your goal with whatever you're writing about is to just go, how do I just get all the puzzle pieces on the table? doesn't matter. It can be chicken scratch, right? You're just getting the puzzle pieces on the table. So however you get there, writing is messy, okay? But just get the puzzle pieces out and then you can worry about assembling them. I think whoever, yeah, Jonathan, if you're writing and your system's working, then great. But if you're not writing and you think the perfect system's gonna solve it, that's not the case. And that's yeah. like half the reason ship 30 is just get in and start writing. Like you, you make a list of ideas and then you get going too yeah. many people. It turns into their entire project of once I had this figured out. So anyway, what else we got? Any other questions? A lot of the questions I see, I, you know, we said this at the very beginning, it's, we're taking you by the hand step-by-step. Step. So a lot of these questions we're digging into in the next two or three sessions. I don't want to jump the gun because it's we're going to go down a bunch of rabbit holes. So trust the process. Um, we're going to go through Twitter threads. We're going to go through analytics. We're going to go through rewriting your bio, clarifying your niche and category. We're going to go through all of that. So stay tuned. This was the first 15 days. I hope you experimented a ton, You know, didn't get in your own way too much. We still encourage the experimentation, but over the next 15 days, it's going to be way more about how do we drill down into things that are working.